0: Welcome again to another episode of Small Talk with Elise. There are different ways one can approach politics. Some people treat politics as a sport. Some people are born into a political party and they stick with it as a family tradition. Some people gain interest in politics by studying different ideas later in life. Justin and Brandon delve into the difference between approaching politics with an emphasis on activism and approaching it with an emphasis on ideas. Find out how Justin and Brandon's initial interest in politics was sparked and how that has now shifted towards other things like psychology.
1: Thank you for that intro, Sangji. Um, today, we're going to, this episode, we're going to be talking about politics and how Justin and I got into politics. Oh, um, the,
0: the worst we're gonna go topic through the on earth. the
1: radicalization process and, uh, and uh, the rabbit holes that leads you to, to hold extreme views, such as the ones that Justin and I hold. Views like you shouldn't. I don't know. Stole, I think, you I don't know if I hold any stuff. views anymore. <laughs> or not extreme nihilistic views that you know yeah i think
0: i'm uh, a postmodernist
1: even when someone you know there's a terrorist attack it it doesn't mean anything so it's 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 just a different culture today yeah you know. Extreme well, what I like say, YouTube. Brandon,
0: everything, that meme, it's the guy, like it's the cat that's on the keyboard and it just says, you started out, no, sorry, it's the, like the little nerdy kid at the keyboard and it says, you started out watching cat videos on YouTube and then now you believe 9-11 is an inside job. <laughs> that's basically every internet radicalization.
1: So, yes, um, we're going to talk about how that gets started. It's, it's really simple. Um, I guess here's a hint. You just go on YouTube. But, um, that's what the topic is for today. We're going to discuss a little bit about libertarianism, conservatism, um, postmodernism, liberalism, neoclassicalism, whatever you want to talk about yeah, whatever
0: you want to. I don't think we're going to dive deep in in, too deep in any of these. We just kind of this here will be and, our there and
1: short see where it view. takes us. Yeah, so, Justin, but how? Brandon, did
0: you get? Well, you're going to ask me first. <laughs>
1: Well yeah, let's 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 ask you. No, I think what
0: it's more interesting if you t- No, I think you got it. Go you're the one that pulled You're the one that pulled me into this Okay, hole. we'll go
1: chronologically.
0: Yeah. So Brandon, you tell me, how did you get started? What cuz my thoughts are, there's some people that say, you know, with all reasonableness, I don't care about politics. Um there's others that say I wish I could care, but I just don't know enough about politics. And then there's the people that are super into politics. And a lot of the times, the people that are really into politics is because their family, you know, they've traditionally been Republicans or they've traditionally been Democrats or libert- libertarians or whatever. And so they are, you know, or you know, on the other hand, they watch one Ben Shapiro video and they are really into conservatism, right? Or they watch a Stefan Molyneux video and they love anarchy now. But so there's different ways that people kind of get into this. So I'm curious what got you into it? Because I would say personally, our, our parents, they're not super into politics. So what kind of sparked that in your mind?
1: Yeah. Um, I'll put this kind of in a, in a um, kind of like a life cycle um, context. So I don't think political activism or being, uh, you know, there's two things. One, you could be politically active, which means you like, Uh, either you like
0: to go stand in line voting
1: you like staying up with the news on the current elections and and the people involved the other one would be more like political debates where you're into the the topics the issues at hand you know like pro-life pro-choice debates gun control debates Um, so there's kind of two sides to the coin and i kind of got started more into the um well i guess i got hooked into the to the people side, because I I followed one guy, Ron Paul. This was back in the 2012 election. Uh, I I the election was already over when I was looking at this stuff. I was in high school, so it was probably 2014 or 20 or around. Were you the one
0: that put all those bumper stickers on on behind traffic signs <laughs> in Utah.
1: I love it. There's the one on the I-15 entrance in Layton. Uh, unfortunately, I was not because I wasn't alive at I wasn't politically active at that time
0: you're politically i I
1: hate that word politically Um, woke politically yeah
0: that's actually that's a good but something i want to talk about real quick the the Mm -hmm. politically active because a lot of people say they want to know more about politics but all they mean is they want to follow the news more closely and then there's the ones that like you said, are more driven by the ideas behind these, yeah. this political act.
1: Cause I really feel intuitively like you can have a discussion about gun control or pro-life pro-choice with almost anybody, you know, they can have their gut instincts and feelings about it. So I really think almost everyone's interested in that kind of stuff for the most part. Okay. Right? It's the question is, you know, whether or not you're knowledgeable or, 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 um, interested in the, the, the game show, I guess, the game uh, show
0: is that what you're talking about the political activism that's the game show
1: yeah you know it's it's like someone you can root for it's your hero your eye yeah.
0: like this is kind of a sports Person team type like
1: yeah. Uh, yeah and okay. i'm not as much into that and also i i really also have kind of died down the reason why i call it a life cycle is uh as far as like political debates go even i've kind of transcended it um I know that word is offensive to every single person that is discussing politics right now. I feel
0: offended right now too. But I, I, I'm going
1: to justify that in saying that there's a political sphere that is a subset of the social sphere. It's like what, you know, everyone, every human is a social agent that acts in the world. And the political side is only one side of, of their actions or their, their, um, their character and so so i like to focus more on psychology now than than politics but Mm -hmm. i have been through the cycle you know i started through with the the ron paul uh, campaign when it was already over but i was campaigning for him after it was over Uh, i got into like gold standard stuff and the fed uh, libertarianism once i started hitting political theory that's when i got it Um, deeper and i started looking at kind of anarcho-capitalist theory which is not as extreme as as you'd like to think it is uh it's basically just one step further than libertarianism maybe if it was applied it would be extremely extremely radical but um the actual theory. people think
0: libertarians are pretty radical by themselves so so
1: i you know i i disagree with that now because after the Ron Paul Tea Party movement, he's the founder of it, by the way, the godfather, you want to call it. Um, now, all these people that were following politics back in 2012, they're all a voting age pretty much now, like me and you. And libertarianism starts to come up a lot more. Because if, me- if you were involved in politics back in like 2014, you would never yeah. hear the mention um, credible Uh, any credible mention of libertarianism. (laughs) I still don't hear
0: any credible. credible? You're you're in
1: college, you know, I'm taking philosophy class and they're saying, you know, there is a credible way to think about this question. This is what our professor's saying. We're talking about whether or not, you know, sins of omission basically are actual sins. And he's like, there is a credible stance and this isn't necessarily the libertarian stance, but it is one way to interpret it is that you could see this as, you know, you didn't do anything wrong because you didn't do anything. So you know it gets brought up a lot and 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 I just meet more and more people who are willing to identify themselves as libertarians. yeah yeah, I think in academics in academic settings you'll hear
0: because libertarianism it does get theoretical because it's not prevalent in the actual political sphere of America as much, so people will use that as hypotheticals and even in law school you you'll hear them. When they start talking about the common law, a lot of those libertarian ideas are embedded in the common law, such as what you said, the sins of omission. Like there is a the whole doctrine in tort law about you don't have a duty to act, you don't have a duty to go rescue someone that's in danger, and you can't even be held liable for such a thing. Because back then when you know common law was developing these types of ideas, they don't think that people needed to take on the burdens or the responsibilities of other people injured and stuff. So.
1: And for, for anyone thinking right now, and that is what is wrong with libertarianism. Uh, theoretical. What, I, what I wanted to say is just what I was saying before. This is just a political stance. You know, that's why there's more to it than politics. Yes, you technically don't have a legal duty in this communist system. But socially, yeah. you do right it, like, as a good person, you should do this right right exactly, and that 's so, a like, totally different question it 's a straw man to say, oh, but we, we have to legalize this because of this, right, and there is a good argument to be made about that i 'm not saying that it's not, but it, it, you have to realize that this is the political view only it 's not the all right. encompassing this is how what we you're
0: do. legally obligated to do what can you be yeah. forced by gunned
1: Uh, On the, on the point, like, I guess I'm not trying to say that all the professors are libertarians now, but what I mean is like, they, they seem to be extremely aware of this movement because they're always hedging every class lecture with, you know, I can't believe libertarians say this, 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 like, I can't believe they like to claim John Locke as their father. It's like, who are you talking to? Because like, as far as I know, I didn't think my classmates were libertarians. (laughs) But yeah. if the movement, that what that indicates to me is the movement is bigger than it was 10 it, years ago. Yeah, I think you have, a
0: the, your intuition is right. I'll see it come up in textbooks. I'll see it, professors, let's see, I've heard it mentioned like one or two times this semester, but yeah, they're for the most part, I think they're trying to start to engage with some of those libertarian ideas just because they feel like it might start to threaten their intellectual foundation. So they need to kind of, you know, throw dirt at it right now while it's weak still so yeah and but brennan yeah, why yeah. don't you expl- just briefly how would you in like one sentence how would you explain this idea of libertarians because it yeah. it kind of comes off as pot smokers or uh, prostitutes or like people that love prostitutes or what would you
1: explain it as? <laughs> or bitcoiners or yeah or bitcoiners. Uh, right i so, so to me libertarianism like i said it's the political philosophy Um, I've heard it put most simply is basically, you don't hurt people, you don't hit people and you don't steal their stuff. And since you can't do that, the government can't do it. So like, I get it. There's more to it than, than that. You know, it's like the, 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 um, uh, the, what's the guy that goes in the forest and steals from the rich and gives to the poor Robin hood. Robin Hood, thank you. I'm sorry, all Robin Hood fans. Oh, uh, you haven't uh, you know, seen
0: Robin Hood, huh? <laughs> I haven't. That's why you can't remember his <laughs> that's, name. That's why
1: I'm I, I'm still a libertarian because I haven't watched the, I'm afraid. <laughs> but I get it. There's more nuanced arguments to this than like you know. Oh, like you can't compare the government to to human being to your neighbor stealing your your stuff. And I get there's nuance to this. I'm not saying there isn't. But in general, you know, I'm I'm going to be leaning in this direction where it's like. I hold to this theory that people in general, including the government should not have laws or actions that allow for this to occur for, for stealing and for um, yeah. stealing people. So okay. that, that where that would put me, you know, is going to be like, you know, I'm going to be generally anti-war. I'm going to be generally in favor of legal, of, of uh, allowing for people to make choices that, that only affect them. Like let's say yeah. an a, adult is not ruining their family by smoking pot, then like I'm gonna I'm gonna be okay with that politically, you know. Um, okay, so it's gonna lead to conclusions like that. And so, would you say so? You kind
0: of started down this path of you know libertarian theory, and then you said you got more, ex quote unquote, extreme to this anarcho capitalism, which is basically yeah. I was kind of exploring
1: further. the ideas of you know if if there was no agent at all, um, maybe how how could a society provide for roads? How could a society uh, provide for trash collection? <laughs> uh, kind of like the private city model, you know, but on a large scale, could an entire country do this? So these are interesting mm-hmm. theoretical questions in my opinion.
0: So what would you say really gave you this interest to look into these topics because you were in high school, uh, if I remember, and it, it's not typical for a high school kid to, start thinking about these deep questions of how do we privatize the garbage collection guy or how do we privatize um the freeway and stuff like this so why what really prompted you to kind
1: of I'd go say into- it's, it's like the spirit okay <laughs> uh that's a joke but there is extreme euphoria watching ron paul demolishes Mitt Romney on YouTube, or uh-huh. Ron Paul demolishes this guy on YouTube. Like watching these videos just provides extreme enjoyment, in my opinion. Uh, you know, and <laughs> that's not for everyone. I get it, but everyone has their own YouTube videos that provides. Yeah, from- and for me, be- you know, this is more intellectual, but. Uh huh. I think it's almost kind of like people. The people
0: love to see their own sports team demolish another sports team. So, in your sense, it was almost. Your sports were these intellectual <laughs> ideas, and one was demolishing the other.
1: Yeah, and, lack of
0: intellect. What well, intellectual like idea destroying a lack of like?
1: One. Yeah, sports is great. That's a great example because people get really emotional about it, and you can like people get really upset when their team loses. You know, their testosterone goes down. Yep, if their team yep. loses that it night. It actually does. Uh, yeah. So you know, poor them, poor th- poor wife. You know, um, but. <laughs> or when when the political arena is a sports game it's it's almost more real to me in a way no no like bashing on sports here but but to me like when when you actually are super against these movements like like you hear about these documents being released that there's there's horrible detention camps going on in Guantanamo Bay and what's going on in in Afghanistan you know with the 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 uh, Chelsea Manning documents, you know, all this stuff, it, it really gets you riled up type thing. And yeah. I know that's a dangerous place to be. You know, that's, that's the radicalization process. I'm serious about it. Um, yeah. I'm not saying I was, had any terroristic uh, capabilities or tendencies, but this is, the, this is how people get radicalized on the other side of the, of the fence. They, they listen to these videos of these ISIS people, you know, just getting them worked up. And yeah. and that's how a normal person can suddenly go from this to extremist Islamists.
0: Um, yeah. Uh, and also, I would add, just talking from a more psychological perspective, I do think that these political ideas, these ideologies, give a frame for someone to conceptualize the world. Because a lot of people that don't have direction, when they start to come into contact with these ideas, these principles that set the foundation for something such as libertarians something such as conservatism like not just the cultural conservatism but more of like the philosophical or the philosophical progressivism or communism it allows for them to grapple in the world and they start to spot these problems that their ideology talks about so for example communism there's this idea of the class struggle of the you know the I don't even know how to say it, but like the upper the class, proletariat
1: the proletariat the and the
0: bourgeois, right. And they're oppressing each other. And when you start to conceptualize the world in that frame, you really can spot that. You see like, you know, some poor uh, worker in a Walmart and you're thinking, wow, this guy were making 11 bucks an hour. While the CEO is making 20 CEOs
1: pushing picks. pencils on his desk and he's getting paid. Right.
0: And he's getting paid. 29, but These are all the guys that are, you know, actually creating this stuff. I'm not justifying communism, but that's one way you can talk about, right? Or you could say libertarianism. You see all these problems with the government that are just making things worse. Or conservatism. You see all these problems that are coming out of gay marriage. Or you see all these problems that are coming out of drugs. You know, so you really, when you start to conceptualize the world with that ideology, it gives you a frame of reference. And it allows for you to kind of create order from these problems that seem so complex. And they are complex, but your ideology seemingly gives you direction of how to tackle these
1: problems. So how, is that why you got into it, Justin? Well, I don't know. I, so I, I think you
0: kind of got me into it initially cause I didn't, I would feel like, I feel like before my mission and after my mission for a, a little bit, I don't really feel like I had strong opinions. I was like, why do people care so much about this? And usually when people start talking about politics, like most people, your eyes just kind of glaze over. You're like, who cares? Like, (laughs) I don't care. I just want to do my own thing. But I I feel like- Because you're a libertarian. Yeah, maybe. Maybe at heart, I'm a libertarian, right? (laughs) I don't know. I just want to do my own thing. I just want to be left alone. Um, But when you do cut, when I first came into contact with these ideas of, you know, the non-aggression principle, don't initiate force against someone. And if, if you do initiate force in self-defense, you, it has to be proportional. I was like, oh, okay, that's cool. And then you kind of add more nuanced layers upon it. And then these are some principles in how you solve certain problems, like privatize, why should you privatize the roads? Why is it immoral for the government to ban guns, you know? And so it kind of gives you this direction. I feel like that was the first time that it really clicked in my head. And I felt that I could t- grapple with these difficult problems, and of course, when you first in that in that those primal stages, you really think I have all the answers for these these world problems, and in reality, you don't, of course. Um, but it really is exciting and invigorating when you feel like you can engage with these in a discussion with a lot of different people about things such as gun control such as you know intervention in other countries the drug war and it really kind of gives you a passion and a purpose almost almost like that feeling that you'd have for a sports team but on a different level because See, these are ideas
1: yeah so like i would say like someone that's a like let's say college football byu fan uh, yeah. like i don't think they would have any issue marrying someone that's a u of u fan football right
0: yeah i've heard like, otherwise sometimes but
1: yeah for the most part it's the it's rare case that that <laughs> someone would get really you know that would be their number one dating priority list but when it comes to politics people are people put that high up on the list and like it's, yeah. it's like it's almost as high up as as being a different religion than someone is like if you're different political party leaning, leading than me then i don't know if i can marry you and yeah. i don't know where you were you ever at that point you know where you were like I'm going to look for a wife that follows this set of, of principles. <laughs> no, because I was like,
0: you know, it doesn't matter what they believe. I'll just convince them otherwise. Okay. So you've got for, the
1: flirt. To I could talk
0: for a long time. Um,
1: <laughs> for, no, as long as they can stand, withstand your, uh, your, I'm, I'm just kind of,
0: that. I'm kind of joking. I honestly, I didn't see that as a problem because I didn't see it like as, Well, maybe there's some instances when I was in college where I was like, if they're like a flaming communist, I I wouldn't want to marry them.
1: (laughs) You're not going to date the gender studies department students?
0: Well, I'm married now so I definitely would. not But back then, I don't know. I don't even know if they said like, gender yeah, studies. You, back then you yeah. wouldn't even
1: give them a you wouldn't even give them a shot if if it said gender studies. Yeah, I
0: probably wouldn't even try. Profile. And they're probably way out of my league anyways. So, it wouldn't <laughs> If it matter. says
1: she her, it's it's an automatic no for just. Yeah, I don't.
0: Know. <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: <laughs> okay.
0: No, I don't know. But it's just I think that is a one problem, but I can also see from the perspective of someone thinking that, you know, maybe let's say they're conservative, and they, I've had a lot of friends that, you know, are very conservative, and they say, well, I'll never marry someone that's a liberal. But in their mind, they think that they have a completely different value system, you know. Mm-hmm. While, in one hand, maybe a maxim that the conservatives hold to is, you get to keep what you work for, right? You, you work hard, you get to keep what you get from that work. Mm-hmm. While they think that liberals are more like, oh, it doesn't matter how hard you work, let's just kind of give you this, that, you know, to straw man them. But that's kind of their idea of liberals. That you don't really have to work for any of it. And they think that's, you know, that's a conflicting value system. They can't put up with that. And mm-hmm. to some extent, a lot of these political ideologies, they balance different values. So in some respects, they can... I can see why they wouldn't want to marry someone that has a, a totally different operating system than them. But in other respects, I'm like, well, yeah,
1: it's like Linux and, uh, and, Apple. And, uh, and Apple.
0: <laughs> but in other sense, it's like a lot of these people, they're just kind of repeating old tropes that they've heard from others. And it's not something that's deeply in just Ben in
1: Shapiro statistics.
0: Sure. I'm not, maybe not even, they didn't even get to the bench. Ben Shapiro's like,
1: (laughs) he's one, he's like, I don't know. He's like,
0: yeah, he's not even that deep, but like he's deeper than like most people would even engage with. And I think people's minds change. Like there's much more important things than, a tax bracket, you know, like a 5% tax o- over a 10% tax. Of course, I would prefer the 5% tax, but it's not going to kill you if someone disagrees and says they have the 10% tax bracket in mind or right. the 20%. Or if they say 70%, though, I know, no, it's kind of, no, I'm just kidding. But like, <laughs> the, I, the point is, I don't think that these philosophical ideas and these axioms and principles are ingrained as deeply as people think. And a lot of times people's minds change and there's other, there's more substance to a relationship than those political ideas.
1: I remember I converted someone in the MTC, the missionary training center to libertarianism, but, really? uh, is
0: he still a libertarian? They're, or did he they're not a libertarian
1: anymore. I don't know yeah. what they are.
0: <laughs> well, it's not, I mean, those, the, and, the point and is, Brandon, it was so yeah,
1: superficial you, of a conversation. Right. It's like, this guy, this guy agreed to all the axioms I put forth and I kind of tricked him into, into agreeing with everything. Like, yes, don't you agree that you shouldn't hurt people? You shouldn't steal their stuff and therefore everyone shouldn't do it. And like, we went through yeah. like probably like a hundred, like, okay, a dozen scenarios. And eventually I convinced him of all of them. And it's like, okay, I'm a libertarian. <laughs> so no, <it's> that's like, <laughs>
0: funny that you, you say that. And I think you talked about this before that political debate and discussion is more show, showmanship. It's not really something that you deeply convince someone, unless you really have a long time and they're actually open to it. Because I think in part, people, they don't have a lot of responses to things, especially if someone has studied it deeply and they're able to rattle off all of these deep axioms and principles of why you should support libertarianism. They don't have responses to these. because They haven't studied it. So they're naturally going to say, okay, yeah, sure, I agree with you. Um, so, yeah, I don't think that a conversion is able to sit as deeply as someone just kind of caring about someone and living in a way and then developing principles that would be more conducive to a certain political philosophy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, like, I guess to push back a little bit, it, yeah, ideology does provide a sense of a worldview. And mm-hmm. going, going from one ideology to another ideology – you know, what makes it not a cult is that your, your whole world doesn't shatter. But uh, yeah. I guess I, that's in comparison to religion. That's like one surface level deeper. Um, I think there's something deeper than religion, but religion would be one level deeper than, than the worldview because the worldview religion provides is going to be just so much in, more ingrained into your action, into your intuition, and, you know, yeah. your yep. thought process than, than political um ideology is given and maybe that's because of the age too that you know it's well it can't just be the age that you learn it because you're not even adapted to learn political ideology from a young age so Mm. who knows it could be part of the biology of of the complexity level you know religion is is less complex at the level that it's adopted by people than political fine-tuned arguments and and so you could make a biological case that it's, it's the developing of a worldview too. Mm-hmm. But I, that just got, that was like super deep right there. Um, yeah. So do we want to I end it on deepness. Say. Like, <laughs> <laughs> cause our time's well, running up here, but.
0: Um, I don't, I don't know if I have much more to say. I would say, uh, do we finish talking about what we're talking about? I guess we kind of did.
1: Did you want to say anything about conservatism?
0: Oh, well, I kind of touch on conservatism. I think it's it's a, it's an interesting thing because a lot of conservatives don't know what they're conserving exactly. Like, are they conserving something from five years ago or 10 years ago where they supported, they didn't support gay marriage before, they now support it, or they didn't support legalizing marijuana, they now support it just because the times changed a little bit. So, I mean, I don't really have too much to say, but I think conservatism is... Unique in that it balances. What about the Constitution? Constitutional conservatives? Constitutional conservatives?
1: They're trying to conserve what's originally written, how they interpret it in the Constitution.
0: Yeah, and I think they're they're a lot more consistent in what they're trying to conserve, and they wouldn't have supported a lot of those things, such as um, the drug war or legalization of marijuana. But the problem, the more that I learn about the law and and the judges, because you kind of have this sacred respect for the constitution. I'm not saying I do personally, but, and maybe I do, maybe I just don't know I do, but a lot of people that are constitutionalists, they have this sacred respect for it. But in over time, since it was established till now, it's just political activism. You have these political activists in black rows i.e. judges that are going in there with different ideological bents and they interpret it at their will you can talk about the textualist movement and they try to go back to the original meaning but the constitution doesn't get preserved because of the nature of how judges are appointed and their different political persuasions and a lot of people even in the textualist movement itself they don't agree on a lot of things so i just don't see the the constitutional conservatives maybe they're a little more stable than regular conservatives, but in that same respect, it, the, that spectrum just moves up and down all the time.
1: Yeah. There, there's just so much to be said there. I think we're going to have to split yeah. that, <laughs> turn that into a new episode. Cause that, that's an, a a different thing. Most people wouldn't know, know what uh um, the constitutional, what are those, the conventions are, or, or uh, what, what is that thing when you're like nullification? Like most people wouldn't know what nullification is. Uh,
0: like jury nullification?
1: Yeah. So state nullification.
0: Yeah. Oh, state nullification. Like, okay. Yeah.
1: yeah. So, I mean, because that, that's a lot of, you know. Um, the that's a lot of stuff to unpack. which,
0: you know, if I was a historian, it would be fun to do a ton of episodes of that, but I'm not, so. Maybe we'll have to go to Alternative Universe for that. Well, i just have to say thank you, everyone, for listening. We're going to try and keep these into shorter segments just to so people can listen through the whole thing in, in shorter sittings. Um So if you like it, please comment. Send us a message if you, if you want. You can even comment on our YouTube discussion board. If you want to support us, go to anchor.fm slash smalltalkwithalisa.com support us
1: there and if you severely hate anything that we said in this podcast please leave us a very disagreeable comment in the facebook or youtube section oh yes we'll be happy to debate
0: (laughs) yeah or not debate just ignore the message just kidding well I'll, i'll answer the message okay all right have a good evening